The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the Pokemon Snapshot. How are you doing this morning, Josh? It's weird, we are recording in the morning. I know, it's weird, I'm awake right now. Uh, I will be honest, I woke up an hour and a half before we had to do this, and I'm like, oh no, I have to get ready, I have to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been up for like two two and a half hours now, because obviously the dogs woke me up, because they're the worst. Of course, being woken up by a dog is the worst, especially if it's that sound of a dog retching about ready to throw up. That is the Uh, worst sound to be woken up to. Oh, yeah. I've been woken up by that more times than I'd like to admit. All right. So what have you been up to? I know you have something exciting happening later today. Uh, so in like four or five hours from now, and we're recording at like 1030 on Sunday morning, the 24th. Central time. Yeah, central time. Uh, I'm going to be running a 5k, the first one I've ever done. Um, so if I die during it, just, just, I want you all to know that doing this show has been the honor of my life. (laughs) Um, and also I, I finally watched the Batman. How is it? I have not decided if I want to watch it or not. Oh dude, it's good. It's very good. It's like, don't, don't like, don't go in with any preconceived notions. It's like... Like, you know in the Arkham games where, like, a, a big part of it is doing the detective stuff? Yeah. And, like, trying to solve the the murders and stuff? That That's what the movie is. It's, it's like, it very much leans into Batman as the world's greatest detective trying to, to solve, like, serial killer murders. Okay, and how is Robert Pattinson as Batman? He's good. He's, like, he's, like, a, he's, like, young Bruce Wayne, and he's, like, pretty brooding... And, like, honestly, he doesn't have a lot of lines in the movie compared to some of the other characters. Um, but all of the acting is great. Okay. Like, uh, Colin Farrell plays the Penguin, and you literally would not know it was Colin Farrell. Um, just because the, the prosthetics and stuff like that are so good, and his acting is great. Um, but no, it's good. It's definitely worth I mean, I mean, you should definitely watch it, because it's Batman. Um, yeah. I don't know. I've just, I've never been huge into DC. I'm a Marvel guy. Yeah, no, I pr- I generally prefer Marvel. I think my biggest issue with DC as far as the, the movies go is that they don't have a Kevin Feige guy. I, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. It's like Feige or Feige, I don't really know. But they don't have, like, one person who has, like, the singular vision for the whole yeah. uh, universe. So, like, it's all just, like, it, it's not very cohesive. Um, one thing I do like about DC though, is that they're not, they can be a little, they can be a little bit more mature. Like, like you would never have something like the, the new Suicide Squad movie in, in Marvel just because they, I mean, they got to keep it PG-13 for the, for the kids. And I like that DC will lean into the, the more adult stuff because I mean, sometimes it's just better. I was actually about to ready to make the opposite argument is I think that's why I prefer Marvel more because they're more campy and DC sometimes I think takes itself way too seriously. I agree. Although 
you should definitely watch Peacemaker. Peacemaker's really good. Yeah, that's on my long list of shows to watch, which... Yeah. Randomly this week, I started watching Supernatural because I used to watch it on Netflix, and then I quit. And so since it's Mm -hmm. on Netflix, it just left wear off. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to watch it. So I've watched two episodes of that this week. Uh, And then I kind of was texting you saying, I haven't had this game to grip me yet that I want to play. I tried Cyberpunk, and I don't know. I only spent like $9 on it, so if I don't play it, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, it just wasn't gripping me. There's way too much talking in that game for me to be interested. That I kind of lose interest as it's going on, and so I started yeah. on my Xbox Game Pass playing Final Fantasy 13 just to play something, mm-hmm. because I've never beaten Final Fantasy 13. I didn't own it on Xbox 360 when I had a 360. Mm-hmm. My roommate Matt did. Which was funny because it was my Xbox 360, but we roomed together for like two and a half years. So he would just buy games for my Xbox because it was pretty much, you know, for nine months out of the year, it was also his Xbox. Right, right. And so I never owned it. And I remember he played it. I think he beat it. I never got around to beating it. I got stuck somewhere. I don't remember where because I was, I love that Xbox saves all your achievements and everything because I looked and all my achievements were across august and september of 2011 so i'm trying to play that again (laughs) i remembered why it wasn't my favorite final fantasy is i don't like the battle system right but we'll see if it gets better it gets easier to understand well but that is what i have been doing so maybe i'll have more to say about that the next time we record yeah i haven't i haven't played any games since horizon although did we talk about the games the playstation 2 game stuntman on this show or did you and i just text about it we just text about it we never talked about it here uh so it's a game where you play as like a, a hollywood stuntman and you have to do like all the like car tricks and stuff like that for the movie and it was really hard like i was not good at the game and i i i definitely as a as a 13 year old broke at least one controller trying to play that game um but Apparently, like, I just, I, I was reminded of it for some reason, like, I guess when I was texting you, and I went and researched it, and apparently they made a sequel for, uh, like, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, so I went on Amazon and bought the sequel, because I was like, I want to play this game again, it was fun. And so hopefully it, it won't be, like, since I have the this Series X, hopefully it'll be upscaled a little bit. Hopefully it's on the backwards compatible list, did you check that? I didn't, but... I don't know. Either way, I'm going to play it, and hopefully it won't be. Okay. <laughs> these these newer controllers are a little bit more expensive, and I have a little bit uh, <laughs> I have a little bit more control of my anger. So just a little, <laughs> hopefully, just a little. Hopefully bit. it won't it won't be like a uh, a controller graveyard in my living room. <laughs> All right, so let's go on to some Pokemon news, and I have two bits of interesting Pokemon news that don't have to do with like new stuff coming to the games, which I did see something saying that we may get Pokemon Scarlet and Violet information this week, but it came from comicbook.com and I don't always believe everything comicbook.com says. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see if that comes and we'll talk about it on the next show if it does. But we, I did find an article that said Pokemon go may help with depression. A study finds, and this is from Anna Diaz at Polygon. And it said a new study by the London school of economics and political science titled location based mobile gaming and local depression trends, a study of Pokemon go, 
argues that Pokemon Go may alleviate non-clinical forms of mild depression for users playing the game because it encourages physical activity outside and face-to-face -face socialization. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, so I just thought that was cool, so I included that in there. Though, I will say that scientific articles have the worst titles. They're always like a mile long. Yeah, I... And they're always just... They, get, they fluff everything up. So for my job, I have to look up scientific research articles all the time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just trying to get the information I need is a pain in the butt. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, and then the other bit of Pokemon news I had is the Pokemon company is buying the firm that creates its playing cards. I, I saw that. Is, I mean, is that really going to change anything? Uh, the article I read mentioned that maybe this could help with supply chain issues. Mm. If it has the direct supply to them, it can determine how much is go in and out. Okay. So we will see where that goes, but... If you're a Pokemon card collector, this could be good news for you. All right, so let's go on to the question of the week. And last week we did ask, what is your favorite stage show you have seen? We had a few answers here. Uh, Danny Walker said um, a play called Noises Off. It was the funniest play I've ever seen and no one knows about it. I highly recommend it. You are right, Danny. I did not know about this one. Uh, Jacob Walker said Rock of Ages or Dear Evan Hansen. They were both amazing, but it's hard to choose one. Dear Evan Hansen is on my list of shows I want to see. Didn't they make a movie about it? They did, but I hear the movie's not very good. It's always weird. I feel like it's weird to <clears throat> take a stage show and adapt it into, like, movie form. I know, uh, uh what was what was the one... Starring the guy from one of the guys from Hamilton, and I think Lin Manuel Miranda did the music for it, and it was originally a stage show. Uh, In the Heights, that's what it's called. That was pretty good. They can be done well, but then you have something like Into the Woods, where they changed the whole second act, and it wasn't nearly as good as the stage show. Yeah. So yeah, I hear that Dear Evan Hansen isn't very good, but I hear one of the reasons they said it wasn't very good is um they used the same actor to play Evan Hansen, which, oh, he's this famous guy. I have to look it up because... he was He's a guy from Pitch Perfect. I think. I know he's, like, the main guy, but I don't know if he's Evan Hansen. Ben Platt. Yeah, 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 that's the guy from uh, Pitch Perfect. Okay, and I think one of the biggest issues people had with this was that he also... When he was originally Evan Hansen, he was younger. Now that he's older, he's kind of outgrown the part. Right. Which is a big issue you always have in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So that was, I hear, one of the biggest issues in that the movie just wasn't as good. That's why I haven't watched the movie because I'm told it's not as good and I would rather just see this show. Mm -hmm. uh, Kate Davis says, I've seen a fair amount of performances and my favorites so far are Katanga, a musical covering several African myths and legends, which was a regular show at Bush Gardens in Tampa. She did on, if you go to the Pokemon Snapshot Facebook page, uh, she did put a link to the Spotify playlist of that place. I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but I want to eventually. 
Uh, she also went on to say the magic flute. I saw this performed in Prague and the music was nice. amazing. Even if 14 year old me didn't quite appreciate it at the time. So Kate, you must've been going through your brooding teenager phase then when, <laughs> uh, and then, and Hamlet done as Shakespeare in the park on Boston common. There's nothing quite like thousand of Bostonians watching Shakespeare and cheering and booing together. Nice. Just like it was in the old days, which it, I, I'm not saying that sarcastically. That's how it actually was. <laughs> uh, and then we had a tweet on Twitter that replied from Maverick or at baby XX monster. It said it was about two years ago. I went to this play with my mom and one of the actors fell into the water. Then the whole set fell. <laughs> that reminds me of, uh, Dude, why am I blanking? It's because it's the morning. Um, Only Murders in the Building, where uh, uh, Martin Short's character he makes that that musical oh, that has splash. like a pool, a pool, yeah, splash a pool built into the stage, and the guy <laughs> dives off the high dive, but the pool isn't deep enough, so he like breaks his neck yeah. in the middle of the very first performance. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, so if you want to share stage shows, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot. Or you can send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing so other Pokemon fans such as yourself can find the podcast. And those ratings really help us to get to f- go get other Pokemon fans to find us so that we can have more answers to our questions of the week. All right, Josh, are you ready to get into the episode? I think I'm ready. All right, today's episode was titled Clefairy Tales, or in Japanese it was known as Clefairy versus Jigglypuff. This is like one of the few times where the uh, the English title is is way better than the Japanese title. Yeah, is it just because you hate Jigglypuff? No, it's because Clefairy Tales is a much cleverer name than yeah. Clefairy versus Jigglypuff. And because I hate Jigglypuff. Yeah, and there's no exclamation points. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, it aired on September 10th, 1998 in Japan and on September 25th, 1999 in the United States. All right, Josh, let's get into the episode. Clefairy Tales. Okay, As Josh, episode- I'm going to stop you. I just started laughing because you forgot to put in where you put in the title and just said episode title. <laughs> As we begin the the title of the episode, episode title. <laughs> All right, you can go on now. Thank you. Uh, Clefairy Tales. Uh, as the episode begins, Jigglypuff is strolling through a forest singing to itself. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you all, I hate Jigglypuff episodes. I got on a rant about this last time. Was it just the last episode? No, it was the Blastoise episode. Yeah, so two, two episodes, episodes ago. ago. Um... I hate Jigglypuff episodes, and I'm about to take a big steamy dump on this one. Um, actually, spoiler alert, I kind of did like the episode, but I just, I'm so sick of Jigglypuff coming in, because we all know how it's going to work. We all know it's going to sing at the end, and everyone's going to fall asleep, and that's going to be the end of the episode. Um, so, like, if this is your favorite episode, or if Jigglypuff is your fa- favorite Pokemon, then I apologize uh, that you have such terrible taste. Um... In Jigglypuff's wake, uh, as it's going through the forest singing, a Pidgey and a Caterpie both fall from the trees, and Jigglypuff takes out its marker and draws on their faces. 
So I know you don't like this, but I did think that the pigeon caterpillar falling out of the tree was pretty funny. I just, I'm biased. Uh, suddenly, uh, a kettle of all things lands on Jigglypuff's head and it falls to the ground. If you, like me, were hoping for blunt force trauma to the head being the thing that does Jigglypuff in, then you, like me, will be disappointed. <laughs> uh, rubbing her head, Jigglypuff notices a strange blue aircraft, uh, trailing across the sky that eventually crashes into the forest. Uh, she heads to the crash site, and the object opens to reveal several Clefairy, just as the title card appears. Meanwhile, in yet another nondescript city, Ash is making some really weird noises while eating an ice cream cone. Um, I would have Jeff edit in the sounds that Ash makes while he's eating these ice cream cones, but then we would definitely have to put a warning on this episode. Um, while Ash makes tender love to his ice cream cones, Misty shares her cone with Togepi, um, and, uh, this kind of reminds me of a thing that my dad used to do with our dog growing up. Do you want to hear the story? I think I've heard of this story. Actually, I'm pretty sure I have talked about this on the show before, where my dad would, like, get a bowl of ice cream and share it with, with Max, our dog. Yes, that's so gross. Like, let him lick straight off the, <laughs> off the spoon? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I have the same comment. I'm like, Misty's letting Togepi eat her ice cream. Gross. And it's not even licking off a spoon. It's licking off the cone. Like, straight straight contact where her tongue just was and where she's about to put her tongue back. Yeah. Uh, on the ice cream cone. During this scene, Pikachu even had an ice cream cone. And it made me think of, we used to, when we lived in Kansas, we would take the dogs to the vet and we had to drive by Dairy Queen. So every time we would drive by Dairy Queen, we would get a pup cup for them, which is just like a really small vanilla ice cream just for going uh -huh. to the vet yeah we have a coffee shop in michigan called bigby that uh, they have this thing called a puppuccino which they'll give your puppy uh just a cup full of whipped cream oh that's nice yeah I'm sure the dogs love that a yeah. puppuccino a puppuccino um as ash um continues to eat his ice cream even misty who is just letting a literal animal lick her ice cream cone, is disgusted by Ash's ice cream debauchery. Uh, but before she has time to address it, a Clefairy eagerly, good lord, eagerly walks up to them. Dude, I can't talk it in, in the morning. <laughs> I know, this is probably the last time we can record in the morning. You're, you... I know, we have, to re we have to record at like midnight, so I'm actually awake. Um... Misty attempts to capture the Clefairy, but it runs away, and she follows, leaving Ash and Brock no other alternative but to chase after them. As they leave the table, their bags and ice cream cones are stolen. Alright, so I want to go back to this scene, because what happened was Misty blatantly yells out, I'm going to catch it! Like, right mm -hmm. to the Clefairy's face. And we have determined that Pokemon understand speech, so maybe saying you're playing right in front of the Pokemon was not the brightest idea here, Misty? Yeah, it's like the equivalent of like when villains like spell out the entire plan at the end of a movie, giving James Bond or whoever time to thwart it. Yeah. Uh, after some weird scrolling picture transition thing with like pictures of Pokemon all over it, uh, Misty remarks that she can't believe the Clefairy got away, uh, which, as you just pointed out, well, you told it what you were going to do. <laughs> of course it got away. Um. Brock returns to the table and notices that their bags are missing. Ash begins to cry that he never tasted his chocolate ice cream. And I'm going to say something very controversial here. Uh, chocolate ice cream is the, worst, is the worst ice cream. I mean, just by far the worst ice cream. Thoughts? I like chocolate ice cream. I don't know. What would be my favorite ice cream? 
I'm a big fan of Ben and Jerry's the Tonight Dough, but they also have mm-hmm. the peanut butter version of the Tonight Dough. They also have the brownie batter stuff. I like mm-hmm. chocolate ice cream. So I actually have a funny story about chocolate ice cream. You want to hear it? I do want to hear it. So growing up, um, I grew up in, I would call a lower middle class family. Mm-hmm. And whenever we had ice cream, it was always vanilla ice cream and we would put chocolate syrup on it. Right. That's all the ice cream. My parents never got anything but vanilla ice cream. For the longest time, I thought the reason we only got vanilla ice cream was because we were poor and couldn't afford other flavors. <laughs> because in my head, I thought vanilla ice cream was just the basic flavor. You had a, It was an upcharge to get a special flavor like chocolate or strawberry. Oh, wow. <laughs> until I have my own paycheck and I go to buy my own ice cream. And I'm like, no, all ice. if you get a brand of ice cream, it all costs the same. Yeah. Did you like never go to Walmart and like see like all the thousands of different types of ice cream in the freezer? No, I guess I never paid attention until I got my own money. No, fair enough. I for some and and I love chocolate. Like I love chocolate. I crave it like a pregnant woman. Um, but for some reason, chocolate ice cream ice cream just tastes like bitter to me. It doesn't taste anywhere near as good as just regular old chocolate does. I was very disappointed. So in college, I used to get this. They had Blue Bunny ice cream, which is great from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of my favorite ice cream. They had cinnamon flavored, and it was delicious. And so Jesse the other day bought some French toast flavored ice cream, which will probably have that cinnamon flavor. And she goes, I knew you'd really like it, but you can't have any because when I took some and I put it away, she accidentally put it in the fridge instead of the freezer. Oh no! So I didn't get so I didn't get any French toast ice cream, and I am was disappointed. Yeah, you can just pour. I mean, it's probably liquefied. You can probably just drink it. It's like it's like when the ice cream kind of melts at the bottom of the bowl. Yeah, that that just doesn't. Unless I <laughs> cause that, it's not the same. Not very appetizing. Um, do y'all get Bluebell ice cream up in Michigan? I think I've seen it. I don't know. We get. Uh, ah. I don't know. I don't know if it's regional or if it's nationwide. I don't know. But dude, they have one called Butter Crunch and it's essentially Butterfinger, but a little bit different. It's so good. I could eat like an entire tub in one sitting if I wanted to. Yeah, my favorite brands of ice cream would have to be Ben and Jerry's and then Blue Bunny. Of course, I'm biased because that's from Iowa, but it's also found nationwide. And then Tillamook has really good ice cream. Mm, nice. Uh, all right, now you're just making me hungry, so let's continue with the yeah, episode. And that, and this is not our official question of the week, but if you want to uh, tweet at us or whatever and talk about your favorite ice cream, or just hop on the Discord server so we can have a discussion about the best flavors of ice cream, then come on with it. You can find the Discords and the links to the show notes. <laughs> uh, Team Ash immediately decide to go to Officer Jenny like a middle-aged white woman afraid of, afraid of black teenagers, um, but are surprised to find a large crowd of similarly distressed people flocking around the police station. Uh, Brock wonders why such unusual items were stolen, uh, and some mad scientist guy shows up claiming it's aliens, literally exactly like that meme. Aliens. Uh, even Ash is aware of how odd this is, and in one of my favorite... Uh, fourth wall break so far says, how do these people find us? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I actually had a note about this line too and laughed at this. And my comment is at least he is self-aware that they are a magnet for weird people. 
Yeah, that one, that one got a good a good laugh out of me. Uh, Misty says uh, that that's really dumb since aliens don't exist. Uh, so Doofenshmirtz shows Ash some book about aliens, and judging by Ash's reaction, he immediately believes it's real. Kind of like all the people that get into QAnon. Okay, there's something with this scene that bothered me. Considering that Pokemon exists in the world, why are aliens out of the question? I yeah, I don't know. I I had a similar train of thought. I mean, you literally have living piles of sludge, which if you go into and I don't know if we've talked about Grimer yet or if it was before you got on, I'd have to go back and look. If you mm. looked at Grimer, it says its power comes from X-rays from the moon. <laughs> I did, I did not know that. Uh, it's uh, creatures that can teleport by sleeping, you know, ever. And we have creatures with tons that are longer than their bodies. Yeah. There are so many weird things out there that I don't understand why Misty just thinks aliens are out of the question. Especially... They've literally, they've literally been inside of a computer. <laughs> yeah. Her favorite Pokemon was an egg she found at the bottom of a prehistoric Pokemon like den. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know why this is why it would be out of question for her. I guess she's just a cynic. Oh no no no. Cynic is not the word I'm looking for. Skeptic. Skeptic, there we go. Bored. Bored. Early in the morning. And by early in the morning, I mean it's almost eleven AM where <laughs> where I am right now. <laughs> um one of the townspeople explains that he saw one of the machines three nights ago in the forest. This statement is reinforced by Officer Jenny, who reports that the thefts have been going on for approximately three days, uh, and now Team Ash finds themselves on a wild alien goose chase. A comment I have here, it is funny that everything has been happening for three days, because I'm pretty sure that was the same amount of time during the Hypno episode. It's just the rule of threes. It's it's a good it's a good number. Um, also, uh, props to Brock for not sexually assaulting Officer Jenny at any point during this episode. That's good. He knew she was busy. <laughs> he had they had bigger fish to fry. Uh, <laughs> Team Ash he, he follows. Was, <laughs> he was hoping to find a sexy alien. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to get probed. Um. <laughs> uh. Uh, Team Ash follows Oswald, which is the the actual name of the Doofenshmirtz guy, um, whose use of a tracking device brings them to a giant flying saucer. It lands in front of them, uh, and two occupants step out. And I have a fun fact here. Mm-hmm. When the aliens step out, they are talking, and they are saying Nomacop, which is Pokemon backwards. Oh. And... This was different in the Japanese version where they just said stereotypical alien sounds. It sounded like they were saying, I would have to go back in the episode. It sounded like they were actually saying something, but I couldn't. Okay, I guess it's just Pokemon backwards. I don't know. It sounded like another word or they were like, I don't know. No, go back and listen. It's Nomacop because I made sure to listen. I saw that note on Bulbapedia and I made sure to listen and they are saying Nomacop. Okay, you can uh, you can splice some of that sound in here. Uh, right here. Um, the aliens grab Pikachu and take off and take it back to their spaceship and take off while Team Ash just stands there and lets it happen. 
I had the exact same comment. They steal Pikachu and they don't even lunge for him or anything. It's like they're standing there for like, for like five to ten seconds before Ash even comments that Pikachu is being stolen. Maybe they were in such shock that it was that they were like literally, literally watching aliens take their Pikachu. I don't know. That could be. I, uh, th- once... I think Ash was just still thinking about the ice cream. Probably so. Yeah. I mean, never mind. I won't make that joke. <laughs> uh. Once aboard their once aboard their ship, uh, the aliens reveal themselves to be Team Rocket in disguise. Uh, they make like fifty seven puns in a row, and part of me wonders if the writers just come up with like a big long list of puns, and that's how they write their stories. Like they write the story specifically around the use of those puns. Uh, Ash and his friends realize that they have been tricked, and he uses his Pidgeotto to cut the cable hoisting the saucer up. So basically, they the the flying saucer that Team Rocket was in was attached to a crane that Meowth was um was uh, controlling, and they saw the like the the crane connected to the flying saucer, and Pidgeotto went and cut the cable. Uh, Team Rocket recites their motto, but instead of Meowth finishing it off, a wild Clefairy appears. During the scene, Ash had no care for Pikachu, so they're he's cutting the cable as you said. Did he not even think that his animal, his Pokemon, was in that saucer, or he, or he forgot about him? I don't know, but I think we just witnessed Ash killing Pikachu right here. Yeah, I think we've long established that Ash doesn't think before he does anything, um, and so it's just very in character. Um, Oswald's tracking device goes haywire, fueling his suspicions that Clefairy is an alien. Misty knocks the scanner out of his hand, and he has a mental breakdown. Alright, I'm gonna go into this scene in more detail, because what happened was, it pointed at Clefairy and went off. Then he, then I think Jigglypuff popped up, because he's like, Clefairy is an alien. Then Jigglypuff showed up, and it went off, and he's like, oh, Jigglypuff's an alien. Then he pointed at Misty, and it went off again, and goes, oh, you're an alien. <laughs> and that is when she knocked it out of his hand, so I he kind of deserved that, because, you yeah. know, as we know, Misty is not a nice person. No. Uh, Oswald also, when he breaks, he goes, I, I can't find the comic book I ordered it from, because you... Because back in the day, you could order um, things to waste your money on from the back of comic books. But I liked what they did in the Japanese version better. In that version, he says, It was a fruit of sweat, tears, and a 2,800 yen development fee. <laughs> what is, how much is 2,800 yen? About $30. dollars in... uh, <laughs> great. Uh, just then, Clefairy makes off with Pikachu. Team Rocket attempts to pursue the Clefairy, but are stopped in their tracks by its Reflect move. So, I think it's Barrier, not Reflect, because Reflect would have bounced a move back. Barrier just makes a wall of Uh, glass. Thank you for correcting that, because I would have never known. Uh, Joined by Jigglypuff, Team Ash pursues the Clefairy, only to find themselves facing a dead end. Jigglypuff opens a manhole cover, and everyone dives right on in. And they mentioned that they can't see the bottom, so I guess jumping in was the smartest thing you can do. Team Ash is very look or uh, leap before they look. Yeah, it, and also if it, don't most manhole covers they have ladders? Oh, they definitely do because that's where the people working in the sewers have to get down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, as they're plummeting to their presumably presumed death. Uh, it does fade to the commercial break, and so we are going to go into our Who's That Pokemon segment. Who's That Pokemon? 
All right. Our who's that Pokemon for this week? So we've already done Clefairy before you came on the show, Josh. Okay. Uh, back, I don't know what the episode number was, but pretty early on because they had Clefairy in the Moonstone. So pretty crazy that Clefairy gets two episodes all about her. Uh, so we are going to look at Clefairy's evolved form, Clefable, which in Japanese is known as Pixie. It's basic information. It's number 36 in the Pokedex. It is a fairy type, which during this episode it would have been a normal type. Its height is 4 foot 3 inches. It weighs 88.2 pounds. Its category is the fairy Pokemon, and it is the final evolution of its evolutionary chain. Some origins about Clefable. Its name, Clefable, is a combination of clef, as in a musical key, and fable. It may also be derived from able, considering its sharp hearing and ability to lightly skip on water. It's Japanese. I did not know it could lightly skip on water. Oh, well, in the, Poke- the Pokedex entries will tell us that, so. Cool. Uh, his Japanese name, Pixie, is a corruption of Pixie. So, Clefable's Japanese name is spelled P-I-X-Y with actual pixie being spelled p-i-x-i-e so it's just a corruption of that uh what is clefable based off of clefable seems to be based on fairies and pixies since it is a playful magical humanoid creature with wings it may also be inspired by the concept of extraterrestrial life due to its rumored celestial origins and vaguely star-shaped body it may also reference the mythical moon rabbit due to its large ears various moon related powers and the fact that it evolves from clefairy using a moonstone what is so, a moon rabbit? So the moon rabbit is a um is a Japanese So you know how the myth here is the man in the moon? Mm-hmm. The moon rabbit is um a shape on the moon that looks like um a rabbit on the moon. Here, I'll just I opened up its Wikipedia <laughs> page. So Is it the, isn't there like a level in Super Mario Odyssey, where you go to the moon and you have to catch a rabbit? Uh, in Super Mario Galaxy, I believe. Or is, okay. or it might be Odyssey. Yeah, and that's also based off of the moon rabbit as well. Okay. Uh, it is a mythical figure in Far Eastern folklore who lives on the moon, based on its interpretations that identify the dark markings on the rear side of the moon as a rabbit or hare. So yeah, it is usually seen in Korean, Chinese, and Japanese folklore, or the three countries refer to Korea, China, and Japan. Wow, it really, <laughs> I like <laughs> Okay, but yeah, so it's uh, Eastern Asia folklore. Uh, so Clefable's biology. Clefable is a tall pink Pokemon with a vaguely star-shaped body. It has long pointed ears with dark brown tips and black oval eyes with wrinkles on either side. A curled lock of fur hangs over its forehead, much like its long, tightly curled tail. On its back is a pair of dark pink wings. Each wing has three points. Its hands have three fingers each, and its feet have two clawed toes and dark pink soles. Clefable is a timid creature that flees when it senses people approaching and is one of the world's rarest Pokemon. Its sensitive ears can distinctly hear a pin drop from half a mile away. Because of the acute hearing, it prefers to live in quiet, mountainous areas of which it is protective. It has also been seen at a deserted lakes during a full moon. Using a bouncy gait, it is able to walk on water and sometimes appears to be flying using its small wings. The anime has shown that Clefable is actually an extraterrestrial Pokemon. According to one tradition, seeing a pair of Clefable ensure a happy marriage. Some scientists believe that Clefable stares intently at the moon because it is homesick. 
There is a legend to this as well, which tells of how it listens for the voices of its kin on the moon during clear and quiet nights. All right, some Pokedex entries. Red and Blue says, A timid fairy Pokemon that is rarely seen. It will run and hide the moment it senses people. Pokemon Yellow says, They appear to be very protective of their own world. It is a kind of fairy rarely seen by people. You're going to see a, a pattern here where most of these entries are going to talk about how rare Clefable is. Mm -hmm. uh, Pokemon Stadium says its ears are very sensitive, so it does not like loud noises or busy places. It will not come out in front of people. Pokemon Silver says it's very sensitive ears, let it distinguish, distinguish distant sounds. As a result, it prefers quiet places. So basically Clefable is like the the emo kid of the Pokemon world. The introvert. Yeah, like the only sounds that it likes are the sounds of like the cure and my chemical romance. <laughs> yes. Uh, Pokemon Crystal says, said to live in quiet remote mountains, this type of fairy has a strong aversion to being seen. A uh, Ruby and Sapphire says, Clefable moves by skipping lightly as if it were flying using its wings. Its bouncy step lets it even walk on water. It is known to take strolls on lakes on quiet moonlit nights. That's pretty cool though. Uh, Fire Red says it has an acute sense of hearing. It can easily hear a pin being dropped nearly 1,100 yards away. A Pokemon Diamond says rarely seen by people. It is said to be drawn by the full moon to play at deserted lakes. Pokemon Moon says according to tradition, people who see a pair of Clefable skipping by can look forward to a happy marriage. Hmm. How would uh, I guess it's just like how any other myth or tradition gets started. Somebody yeah. just makes somebody just makes make something up. Yeah, and then the scientist in a low larder's like, oh, let's put it in the Pokedex. Yeah, this is not scientific at all, but yeah, whatever. Uh, Ultra Sun says it can't help but hear a pin drop from over half a mile away, so it lives deep in the mountains where there aren't many people or Pokemon. Uh, Ultra Moon says some scientists believe that it gazes intently at the sky on nights with a full moon because it's homesick. And then uh, Legends Arceus says, Legend says that on clear, quiet nights, it listens for the voices of its kin living on the mountain. I, too, often think of my homeland so far away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so, I know you haven't played Legends Arceus, so the story... And this isn't a spoiler because it's right at the beginning. Your character is taken from the modern day into the past. And your character is creating the Pokedex. So uh -huh. it makes sense why it says that. It's just so funny when you put it up against all the other right, Pokedex right. entries. Uh, and then some trivia about Clefable. The prototype name for Clefable was Ariala. The Russian dub of the anime actually used this name during the original series. So when I I was not thinking uh that it was Ariala, I was thinking it was Ariala, which is very similar to Ariola, and I was like, I can see why they changed it. <laughs> no, Aria, like a song. Right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a whole lot more sense. All right, and that is our Who's That Pokemon segment on Clefable. Who's that Pokemon? Back in the episode. Um, as Team Ash and Jigglypuff land deep underground, they find themselves faced with a spaceship. Oswald speculates that the Clefairy, uh, built the craft, to which Brock realizes that they were the ones who stole all the items, uh, to use as parts for their ship. Um, 
and this seems very very odd to me uh that like these pokemon are capable of building a whole spaceship and you're gonna see just how advanced their technology is here in a, in a few minutes in the episode but this whole thing strikes me as just being odd and i'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail soon uh ash notices one of the clefairy carrying pikachu Oswald believes that they will use its electrical capabilities to power their ship, and honestly, this makes the Clefairy way smarter than Team Ash and Team Rocket combined. Uh, Ash refuses to let that happen, as the timer begins counting, uh, counting down time until blast-off. I do want to say here that I really enjoy these episodes where they face off with something more supernatural rather than just trying to help the person of the day. Yeah, I do too. These are my favorite uh, types of episodes. Oswald runs after the spaceship and says he's going to be, uh, he'll be going to space with him. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have to train, uh, like when you're going to space, uh, but I guess the Kanto equivalent of NASA, which would be CASA, <laughs> we'll let, we'll just let anyone into space nowadays. Uh, the Cantonian government probably cut all of CASA's funds. Um... Team Rocket are also inside the cavern and formulate a plan not only to capture Pikachu, but also the entire fleet of Clefairy. Uh, inside the spaceship, Ash finds Pikachu encased inside a glass chamber, uh, but it's guarded by several Clefairy. They refuse to hand Pikachu over uh, as Jigglypuff intervenes and begins to fight all the Clefairy at once. Alright, I love this scene. So Jigglypuff just walks up to the Clefairy and just slaps it across the face. Yep. Jigglypuff and Oswald head to the control room, where it begins fighting with the Clefairy leader. Uh, Jigglypuff uses the pound attack on Clefairy, uh, and then Clefairy uses the pound attack right back, and soon, they're just pounding each other as hard as they can. Yeah, I'm not gonna comment here. <laughs> it's just best if you don't. Uh, Jigglypuff loses its mind and begins to double-slap Clefairy, and honestly, the violence here is just gratuitous. Uh, I can see why PTAs across the country were trying to have Pokemon banned. Uh, before long, um, Jigglypuff stands over a field of its fallen enemies. Kind of how people who are super into guns picture how they would be if something like happened to pop off in public and they were there. Um, so this reminds me, a couple weeks ago, uh, since Chelsea and I, uh, our birthdays are like a week apart, we always basically celebrate them together. And we went with my mom to eat at the Cheesecake Factory, America's Finest Dining Experience. And, I... I Hey, I love the Cheesecake Factory, especially when you're trying to find out what you want to eat and their menu is like 20 pages long. Yeah, I know. Um, and so <laughs> I saw this guy. Um, and if any of you are out there are familiar with the band Rush, Jeff, I know you're not. Uh, their bass player and lead singer, Getty Lee, this guy kind of looked like him. He was like super skinny, had long hair. Uh, and his hair was done up in a bun, but he he had he had a shirt, and on the front of the shirt there was like a silhouette of like some sort of assault rifle, and in really small letters, uh, above the gun it said, "This is a tool," and on the back in like enormous letters, <laughs> it said in all capital letters it said, "I am the weapon," and <laughs> and I was like. I was like, dude, if, and all I could think was like, if, if there was an active shooter situation, you would do exactly what the rest of us would do, which is piss your pants and then probably die. Um, and so as someone who grew up around guns, uh, and this is just way off subject, 
but we're going there anyway. As someone that grew up around guns, like, I'm from the South. Like, I have no issues with guns. The people that are, like, super into guns are, like, really weird to me. Like, I understand the Second Amendment and all that stuff, but people who, like, make their personality, like, oh, I shoot guns, are, like, really weird to me. Yeah, I don't understand those type of people either. In fact, I have some people I work with at work, and I can say this because I know they'll never listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they were all talking about, they were, like, bragging about the illegal guns they own. And I'm like, why? This is stupid. Yeah, I mean, and I get, like, being I, really in, into like expensive hob- hobbies, like I've played I look music. at my wall behind me. <laughs> yeah, you've got like a bajillion dollars in video games. I play golf. That's like my current uh hobby that I'm super into. Like I've been playing music for for over half my life at this point. Like I get it, but like to act like you're Rambo because you own a bunch of guns is just like and have like these fantasies where like. <laughs> you sh- you show up and start busting down doors and ki- and killing all the the bad guys with the guns because you're a good guy with a gun is like really weird to me. I don't. Yeah, know. and I'm with you. I my dad hunts. My dad has his license to carry, and that doesn't bother me. But my dad also doesn't just go out buying guns because he can just to own a gun. He has a pistol and he has his hunting guns. Yeah, like I have guns. I just don't make it part of my personality. No, and the sad thing is, and I may be stereotyping here, the sad thing is, most people who are going to brag about guns, they're probably driving a truck that has stickers in the back window. Yeah, I see those all the time. Like, dude, I'm from Alabama. I'm in, like, gun country. I have no problems with guns. I just think it's really weird the people who are, like, super obsessive about them and, like, make it part of who they are. Yeah. It's like they try to make up for lack of a personality with, with guns. But anyway, that was super off subject. I just <laughs> the 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 image of Jigglypuff with its arms crossed, like standing over all the unconscious Clefairy, <laughs> made me think of that. Um, Oswald and Jigglypuff find the ship's control uh, control room, and Jigglypuff begins fighting Clef- uh, another Clefairy that's sitting at the control desk. But the battle is stopped when Oswald accidentally breaks a joystick at the controls. Uh, Jigglypuff snatches the broken joystick out of his hand and begins singing a lullaby, of course. Uh, predictably, uh, predictably, uh, this causes everyone to fall asleep and Jigglypuff draws on them in frustration. Dude, I hate Jigglypuff so much. You, we all knew this is how the episode was gonna end. And you know what? Right before this happened, I put a comment under my notes saying how at least this episode... With Jigglypuff isn't centered around singing, but then this scene happened, so I spoke too soon, I guess. Yeah, as soon as Jigglypuff shows up, you know exactly how the episode is going to end. And this episode has been awesome, aside from this. It's just like the deus ex machina for how they just end all these episodes. It's, yeah. the, it's literally the exact same ha- same thing that happened in the uh, Blastoise episode two episodes ago. Suddenly, the spaceship, uh, the spaceship begins its launch procedures as Pikachu's electricity powers it. Somewhere else on board, Team Rocket, realizing that the ship is moving, decide that they need to get out of there. I like that the way they get Pikachu to use his electricity is he's sitting there in his glass case, and they bring down this little hammer and just bonk him on the head. (laughs) I suppose I would turn into a rage if people were bonking me on the head with a hammer, too. While you were sleeping? Oh, yeah, definitely. 
Meanwhile, Brock is having a hard time uh, convincing Officer Jenny uh, of what is going on. The street, uh, the street beside them begins to lower, and the spaceship rises out of the ground and begins to take off. And honestly, how advanced are these Clefairy that they're able to build this rocket ship and like construct this like on the 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 street that's already been built? Like the street literally lowers into like a ramp, and the the rocket ship takes off from it. And Something I think we're both missing in our notes here is that this all happened in three days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My question here is, how did no one know that there was a part of the street that could just lift up? The these Clefairies, as you said, are smart and have also been able to hide this from all of the townspeople and create that. And as I said, three days. Also, can we just assume they stole some rocket fuel? Some intern probably noticed it was missing, but didn't tell anyone because he didn't want to lose his job that he isn't getting paid to do anyway. Yeah. So my and question is. I'm oh, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say that's just my rant on unpaid internships are stupid. <laughs> uh, agreed. But are the is it that the Clefairy are that smart or just that? Humans in the Pokemon world and in the real world are just that stupid. Yes. <laughs> so yes to both questions. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, as the spaceship begins to blast off, several of the stolen items uh, are returned. I guess they fall out of the ship. Uh, it takes flight, and Jesse and James attempt to escape from the spaceship just as it begins to uh, detach its uh, boosters. Team Rocket then fall back down to Earth. Like, dude, not only did these Clefairy build a massive spaceship in secret, but they launched it in the middle of a crowded city and just let, and just let the rocket boosters fall straight back down in the middle of the city <laughs> with absolutely no regard for human life. I, I at least respect that. That's great. Uh, Pikachu, still powering the ship, manages to shatter the glass with its electricity, which I guess that does kind of seem to be an oversight on the Clefairy's part that they would build a glass case for Pikachu that would that would it would be able to break. Um as Pikachu shatters the glass, Ash uh and Misty discover their bags nearby because of course the Clefairy would just happen to store the things that Team Ash is looking for in the same power generator room that Pikachu is. Um and with no more power the ship begins to malfunction. Team Ash attempts to flee the falling spacecraft, uh but they're up too high. As they pass over a skyscraper, Ash uses his Bulbasaur to wrap its vine whip around the lightning rod at the top of the building, and they use Bulbasaur to, uh, like Spider-Man uses his web and swing to safety. I will say that was a pretty cool scene, watching them swing on Bulbasaur. Yeah, I but, enjoyed it. But here, Bulbasaur has got to be one of the strongest Pokemon. He was able to carry all three of them without any problem. Yeah, my Yeah, I had the same thought about how strong it was, and then I was like... Are, are the vines, are Bulbasaur's vines attached to its body? Like, would it be possible to rip the vines off? I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Uh, the spacecraft heads off into the distance with Oswald and the Clefairy still on board. Ash and Misty both believe that they are going on a grand adventure as if they didn't just escape with the ship's power source. Uh, and the, but the space, the spaceship crashes or crash lands not too far away. Oswald, for some reason, comes out of the ship dressed in, like, cardboard. In, like, a big cardboard box. Uh, and he frightens off several passersby, and the Clefairy begin to run amok. 
Officer Jenny thanks Ash and his friends for solving the mystery as they walk off into the distance, and Jigglypuff proceeds to follow them as they head to the Pokemon League. So I guess this basically lets us know that we're going to have more Jigglypuff episodes. Yep. Get used to it. <sighs> okay. So, I actually like this episode, despite my hatred of Jigglypuff. Um, I really like the Clefairy alien plot, just because it's pretty out there compared to most episodes. Because, um, <laughs> like, most Pokemon are just, like, like based on, like, dogs and rats and stuff. Um, but this one's just a straight-up alien capable of creating and building this, like, highly advanced spaceship. Um, and I guess we'll find out, or I guess... They already know that there are other alien Pokemon, don't they? Or do they? Uh, for Generation 1, I believe it's just Clefairy and Clefable. I can't think of any other aliens. Aren't, aren't Mew and Mewtwo both aliens? No, Mew is known as, uh, spoiler alert, um, I believe Mewtwo is our Who's That Pokemon next week. Oh. Because since they both show up in the movie, I can't, I'm not going to do two. Who's that Pokemon? Mew will be our subject for the movie, but I believe Mew is known as one of the first Pokemon on the earth. And um. Mewtwo is a clone of Mew. That's why he's called Mewtwo. Oh, so they're not aliens. Okay. No, I thought, I thought at least, but there are aliens, Deoxys. And this is of course, after generation one, Deoxys mm -hmm. is an alien. I believe Lunatone and soul rock and generation three are aliens. Okay. So, there's other Pokemon known as aliens, but not at this time. It it also seems weird to me that some aliens would just, like, come to Earth just to become, like, <laughs> fighters in a glorified dogfighting ring. Like, why why would you be subservient to, to humans yeah. when you can build rocket ships? Yeah. And, like, and, like, completely redo the entire, uh, like street to become a, a ramp that comes out of the ground i don't know in three days <laughs> in, th in three days with no with no one knowing except for no the one. weird mad scientist guy doofenshmirtz that no one believes <laughs> but yeah i i'm with you and i mentioned it earlier i really like this episode it is out of the ordinary and these supernatural episodes are some of my favorite you know and you were here at this time, but like when you go through where Ash gets Haunter and he's in the Tower of Terror, uh, the Lavender Town Tower, that one's always fun mm -hmm. because in that episode he dies and Haunter just takes his, him and Pikachu's soul and they float around and have some fun. Yeah. There's other ones. A lot of the movies will go into more supernatural. I mean, you know the premise of the first movie, and so that'll be fun because that's mm -hmm. more of a supernatural storyline too. And so... I can't wait to get more. I think it's more fun because it it allows, I mean, yes, this is a cartoon. We already have our disbelief, but I think the supernatural allows you to kind of step away from your disbelief a little more yeah. than, say, Ash is trying to win the gym badge. Right. And I think my dislike of Jigglypuff isn't just from Jigglypuff itself. It's because, like, these Pokemon and these stories are cool enough that they can stand on their own, that they don't need Jigglypuff to come in and sing a song and, and resolve the whole thing. Yeah, and let's be honest, until she sang, Jigglypuff fit into that plot really well. Yeah. Like, uh, I would have been okay if they would have left the singing joke at just the Caterpie and Pidgey falling out of the tree at the beginning. Yeah. 
and that would then, be fine. Just just to just to show that Jigglypuff is still following them, so there could be uh, like a resolution for that like storyline in a later episode. But it, Jigglypuff didn't need to be in this episode. Well, uh, I mean, that. I I did like it coming to find with Clefairy, and I think it had to do with Jigglypuff and Clefairy are two very similar Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So that's why. But yeah, those are our thoughts on the episode. And so let's go on to the question of the week. And our question this week is, what are your thoughts on aliens? Do you think they exist? Do you Are you skeptical? What are your thoughts, Josh? So I'm not like super, like I'm not out here like on the dark web researching it. But I do personally think that there's, there's a very high... Uh, high likelihood that there are some sort of extraterrestrial beings just because our universe is enormous and we've only seen a small percentage of it but have you ever heard um they declassified something like within the past couple of years um there were like some uh fighter pilots running a test and there was some like there was something that popped up on their radar and it was like moving impossibly fast, and 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 some other people will have to do research on this because I don't remember it exactly. But it would like move around, and then it would disappear and appear at another like way far away on their uh their radar, so that uh like nothing man made could have done that. So like they're pretty they're pretty sure that was some sort of 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 extraterrestrial activity, um. And I don't know. I don't think it's like little green guys. No. Um, but I, I don't know. It's one of my buddies is like is really into it and he listens to like the Mysterious Universe podcast and stuff like that. And so I think there is I I think there probably is somewhere. I don't know if they care about humanity at all, if they're ever gonna try to contact us, or if it's even if it's even Possible. like that. Or if it's even, yeah, or if it's really even like that. I don't, I wouldn't even know how to like define what all extraterrestrial life forms could even mean. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing. It's like, you know, we can't, if they do exist, we can't find out how to contact them. And well, it could be the other way around. They also can't find out how to contact us and know if we mm -hmm. exist. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it is super interesting. Um, and I'm not like, I'm not like 100% convinced that they do exist, but I'm definitely not 100% convinced that they don't exist either. Um, and it, But Aliens is just kind of one of those things that's like fun to think about too, even, even, if it's, even if it's just for fun. Yeah, for sure. And if you want to tell us what your thoughts on Aliens are, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Snapshot or send us an email at thepokemonsnapshot at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, so look us up there as well. Also, leave us a rating on your listening app of your choosing so other Pokemon fans just like yourself can find the podcast. All right, Josh, do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. I'm about to go run this 5K. If y'all never hear from me again, it's been nice knowing you. Love you all. Well, we'll never make it to the movie. Uh, But please join us next week when we will be watching The Battle of the Badge.